Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. Lindsay Phillips is the founder of Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners increase customer service, run their business more effectively, and increase their profits. Prepare to be inspired and learn some practical tips and strategies you can use in your business today. And now, welcome your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion, Lindsay Phillips. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sailing to Success podcast. So this show was created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm. My name is Lindsay Phillips, and I'm your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. I am the founder and CEO of a Smooth Sailing Online Support, a company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and small business owners calm the choppy waters of fast-paced business growth so you can learn more about what we do at ssonlinesupport.com um, and mostly I like to cover things that motivate you inspire you but obviously some practical tips business building strategies so that you can be more productive boost your profits of course and grow your business and we're going to cover a topic today about um, having productive teams, leadership, which is absolutely paramount in growing your business because obviously you have, um, you're growing a team while you're at it. So I'm really excited today to have uh, my special guest, Keith Lee, and he is the business systems. He's a, a management coach. He's got a number of businesses. And I'll just kind of go over a little bit um, about Keith's background. It's quite interesting, actually. He used to be a sales rep with Thompson um, Marking Service in 1978. And, you know, soon kind of went up the ladder, so to speak, became the president and the sole, sole owner, sorry. The business was renamed American Retail Supply. And as he was growing it, he really learned that you know, being a business owner, you know, has his challenges, as we all know. And he was just kind of at his, his wit's end. You know, how can he not be a slave to uh, his business? I'm sure a lot of my listeners out there can relate. And so even though he was in business school, um, you know, was a graduate from business school, a lot of that stuff wasn't really helpful to him in some of the challenges. But uh, not being a quitter, which is what many of us entrepreneurs um, are, we keep on plugging along and finding new solutions. Um, he, you know, heard about TQM, which is total quality management. He studied with Edwards um, Deming, Joseph Duran, Phil Crosby. I hope I pronounced those right. Um, but he just kind of didn't find what he needed, so he actually invented it, and gosh, has grown his business because of it. So today we're gonna discuss that management system that Keith has created. Um, you know, how to create highly productive teams, manage their entire team in one hour a week, which definitely appeals to me. <laughs> and most importantly, um, have a really great life outside of work and not be consumed by it. And you know, when it's time to sell your business, bring in even more money. So without further ado, uh, thank you, Keith, for uh, coming on my show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Lindsay. Awesome. So I know you are um, an author as well um, with Happy uh, Customer Handbook, How to Control Your Business and Life. And so in checking out your books, I see that you were named the best small business to work for 
in Washington State. And what can you attribute that, uh, I guess, award to? Yeah, I, um, it comes directly from the management system itself. It's, um, it really doesn't have anything whatsoever to do with uh, the best pay or the best yeah. benefits or, or on-site child care or foosball tables or, <laughs> you know, whatever. It doesn't have, it, it, it really doesn't have anything to do with that. And, and the little story behind it is that we were nominated for that by someone who I, I don't know who even nominated us. And I thought, well, gosh, this would be really interesting to find out how we stack up. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't do it to win. I had no intention of that. Um, but I just wanted to see what what they would think about it. And and what I mean by they is the people at Washington CEO Magazine and people that they use to help help with this and and see where we stood. I thought that our people really do liked working with us with our management system that really empowers them that's what it's all about it's all about empowering your team so that they are really in this with you and and want to make your business better and know that they're empowered to make your business better so so i i filled out this stuff and and they asked me for instance to to give them the name of three people that they could talk to in the business and at the time that we did this i was we had about 40 team members and i thought you know i didn't i don't want to give them three people that i'm going to pick out so i gave them my whole customer or my whole uh, employee my team member list and said pick three um and so don't know who they even picked right (laughs) after they did some research on our company talked to those People uh, came back, and all of a sudden, they get a phone call, and I'm told that we're the best small business to work for in Washington State. And again, it's all about the management system that we have in place, and and that is all about what what they told us that we did better than anyone else is that our frontline people yeah. could could verbalize and talk about and were committed to our goals and objectives and where we were going the same as our management was. And they could verbalize. They could say where we were going. They could talk about our vision. And and it's really critical. Um, when you get into putting systems together in a business, a lot of times, um, you know, to put a system together is fine, but then to get people to buy in is oh, also totally. critical. It can't just be, um, well, you get an example. One of the things that, uh, I'm a big systems guy, as you can hear, I've probably mentioned that word six <laughs> times already or more. Yeah. Um, and, and Michael Gerber, for instance, which I love his book, The e um, it's a fabulous book. But one of the places where, where that management system failed in my estimate is that it works on what's called the franchise model. And he talks about as the owner of the business or, you know, the president or whatever you are, usually the business owner, as the owner of the business, you need to make all of these, put all of these systems together and, and have everything. And a system is simply the written documentation to do something. I, I got I to better go back on that. A lot of management gurus want to make systems sound complicated. And frankly, the reason they want to do that is because they want 
you have to hire them and have them in, in your in your business right. forever because systems are complicated. Systems are not complicated. Systems are simply the written documentation on how you do something. Um, and so, but but what happens here is in the franchise model. Um, you as the owner are responsible for coming up with all of these systems and how to do things. Well, my whole idea is that, you know, if you got 40 people, if you got 10 people, if you got five people, if you got three people, the knowledge of people is totally wasted if you're not looking for them to come up with the systems also. And the reality is, let's say, you know, when I, when I had my big, bigger business and, um, and that, had, you know, it eventually grew to about 60 when I sold it. But when I had that business, the people in the warehouse knew way more about what how to do warehousing well oh, than I did. And so for me to say that I'm going to tell them how to do it uh, and then not use their expertise after, uh, after that is, is kind of absurd. So so the system, well, my, my management system is all about getting First of all, systemizing everything, getting everything in writing, which is really not that difficult to do. If you follow the system, it's really not difficult to do at all. Um, but then, but it's worth it. Me? It's just a little labor intensive up front, but I mean, it's worth it in the long run, right? Yeah, and 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 if you in, at the end, I'll tell people how they can get my my book for free, and and they can see how we can oh. do that in a very very very. Um, very easy way. Um, pretty much give it to them and let them tweak things and, and do it for themselves. But but then there's also a system so that you're not putting them together. You're having your team create these exactly. systems anyhow. But, but the key is to get your team on board, to get them to buy in with you on what you're trying to create. And, and, and then um, one of the things that we do with that too that's rather unique in the management system that I do is that we eliminate performance reviews and replace them with personal development interviews. Now, get this. You've got an entire team, and you're developing every single person in that team, mm -hmm. and they all are bought into where you're going. What can happen to your business then? If you can create this business where everyone is bought in and you're developing people, you're not reviewing them, you know, in hindsight, you know, and you're developing them, what can you achieve? And, and what's really cool about the personal development interview is that people love them. And in fact, as the manager in a personal development interview, your primary job is for that person to leave pumped up, motivated to go and take on the world. And if they don't go pumped up, motivated to take on the, on the world, you have failed in that personal development. The only time they should leave that anything other than pumped up is if you're ready to fire. True. And I got to tell you, I, I, I learned that from a guy named Vince Rapoli. He's 89 years old now. Wonderful man. I had no, I, I, I actually didn't believe that at first when I, I was like, how can you, how can they be pumped up every time? Don't you gotta have constructive criticism in there? You gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta lay the law down sometimes, <laughs> whatever the, whatever, whatever the terms are, you know, you gotta do that once in a while. And, but I bought into it and I, and I tried it. And it's just amazing. As long as you're making progress, yeah. you should be moving pumped up. And if you're not making progress, then 
Yeah, you might be ready to fire Totally. And I totally agree. I love how you like take advantage of your team. A, so all the time isn't on you, but it's like they're the ones that are going to implement those systems and you want it to implement easily so that you're more effective and productive and to have them involved in that process I can only imagine would just help expedite it all so much faster. Yeah, and one of the things that ends up happening when you when you put the system together like this is you never hear, I didn't think I could, I didn't think I should, I didn't think whatever. Um, because at the bottom of every one of these systems, and, we, and a system, again, is just the written documentation. And there's, uh, there's a system, for the, so there's how to answer the phones. There's, um, there's, you know, how to ship a product, how to, um, we, have, we have one, for instance, it's kind of funny, it's kind of fun, is that, you know, on, on um, donations, not donations, but fundraisers, you yeah. know, you have everybody, everybody in every business, people bring their kids fundraisers to work. And they walk around and they waste people's time and they make them uncomfortable approaching them directly. And so we have a fundraiser that uh, uh, we call it make you happy job requirement that says, you know, if you have a fundraiser, these are the things you can do. You can put it, you sit on email, you can put a note in everyone's bin, you can put it in the lunchroom, but never approach anyone directly. And so, you know, we wrote that up and, 2000. It was actually not one I know for sure because I used it as an example once, once in a while. We wrote that up in the year 2000, and we've never had to address that issue again. Nice. We don't have we don't have people going around and wasting people's time now. And if you do that on everything you do, then people know what to expect, what right. what should be done. But what's really cool is at the bottom of every one of these MJRs, they're called Make You Happy Job Requirements. It basically says. Do this exactly like it says here, unless it doesn't take care of the customer or internal customer, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But if it doesn't take care of the customer or the internal customer, do what you need to take care of that customer and then get this changed so that it does um, take care of the internal and, and, and external customer. So basically, you're doing, everyone knows that they're empowered to um, change something if it's not working properly, but then they have to go back and change it formally too. And yeah. so that whole idea gets everybody looking at, at and understanding that, no, the, uh, you, you, we, we will never be hearing, I didn't think I could, or I didn't think I should. And, and another thing that we talked about um, that is just really uh, critical in business is this whole idea of the internal customer. When and we we actually use the term client as our external customer, or the person that gives us the money. Yeah, we <laughs> we call that a, our client, and then we call our internal customers our customers, our and, and our internal customers. But your internal customer is anyone who's dependent on the quality of of your job. So your internal customer are, are all your coworkers. Uh, they're the mailman. They're the FedEx guy. They're your vendors. Right. They they're, so you need to look at them as customers, too. And one of the ways I like to explain it is that when our sales people are on the phone and they're taking an order and they're entering it in the computer, um, the customer, of course, 
is the customer at that point. But as soon as they enter that in the computer and they hit send to go back to the warehouse, the customer is the person pulling the order. And if they don't do it right, if they don't treat them like they would an outside customer with a lot of respect and do it, do it properly, they're going to waste people's time and make it more difficult for them. And then so then the person pulling the order, his customer is the person packaging the order. And then that person, that person, the packaging guy's customer is the person is the FedEx guy. And it's, and we really need to have this whole idea of not only take of doing great external customer service or to our normal customers, if you mm. will, but we also need to give great service to our internal customers, our coworkers. Well, those relationships are so important. I mean, A, you're with them every day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you do want everyone to be happy and you do want that feeling of respect in your environment. And it just, it, you know, from a business perspective, it will make everything more productive. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you said a phrase, make you happy job requirement. That's, that's yeah. what you're putting at the bottom of all your, um, systems. Yeah, everyone, everything that we have, every, all of our systems, basically every, all of the written documentation on how you do the job, at the very bottom of it, and those are all called make you happy job requirements. They're, they're, um, and because we're the make you happy management system. <laughs> and, our, and, and the whole idea behind it, too. And actually, I'll just go back a little bit. That whole idea to make you happy management system and make you happy job requirements, that actually comes from um, Disney. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Disney. I'm, I've studied a lot of customer service stuff, written a couple books on it. And Disney, uh, in their first day of training, they asked, what business are we in? What, what business is Disney in? You know, you where, um, GE makes uh, refrigerators at the time and, and uh, uh, GM makes cars. What do we make at Disney? And what they make at Disney is they make people happy. Totally. And so, so I, my, my, my premise is that every, all of our businesses should be in that business. I like that. Your business should be in the business of your customers happy. Okay? As, a, as, a, as, a, as a business owner, you should be in the business of, of doing what you can to have a, you know, uh, I, again, we're not talking foosball tables and all that kind of stuff, but we should be in the business of making our business a happy place to work also. Absolutely. So for many years, um, actually, uh, for, many, for many years, and I, I still own it, and I, is, um, our website for American Retail Supply was actually makeyouhappy.com. That's awesome. Um, and then when I did some Google Analytics, I found that I did some split testing, and I found that uh, actually American Retail Supply got us way more customers than they could have. So, so I, I did finally change it. Change it, but but that whole idea of, of you're in the job, you're in the business of making clients happy, and so we call these make you happy job requirements because they're all designed to make the client happy. Or, or the internal customer, and it basically says at the bottom, it says, do this like this, like it says, or if, unless it doesn't take care of the customer. If it doesn't take care of the customer, um, do what you need to do to Got take it. care of them, and then get this changed. So. Now, I, it intrigued me how you said that all of your staff knew 
kind of what direction the company was going in, what the core values were. You don't hear that very often. So how do you get all of your team to kind of buy into all, you know, the brand, the core values, the mission, the goals? The, how do you actually do that? Well, it actually starts before you hire them. Um, in the hiring process, uh, when you're talking about what their job is and what we uh, in, 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 in the ad that you have, whether it's in Indie.com or Craigslist or in the old days in the newspapers or whatever, <laughs> you, you actually tell them what their job is take care of customers and that you know these are our values and so it starts there but then it, it starts immediately on day one when they're hired in that the very first training that they get in our business is on customer service and everybody watches a a, a dvd uh, that um from me um on customer service and then they discuss that with their manager, their manager that, that is going to be directly supervising them does the first day training with them. And they have that first, first hour of training, first hour on the job, they're trained, they're trained in customer service and what we mean by that. And then they discuss that with um, the manager a bit. And then they go into the next DVD, which is another half an hour long, on our management system. And that's called You Are Important. And it's all about how we want them, how they are important, and that we really want them to use. We hired not only your body, but we hired your brain, and we want you to use your brain. We teach them about Z theory management. Um, X theory says, I'm the owner, I'm the boss. This is, uh, I built this business with my blood, sweat, and tears. Do it this way. That's X theory. Y theory says, I'm the owner, I'm the boss. Um, um, this is what I want you to do. Tell me what you think about it, and I'll tell you what you can do. So it's still mostly one way. Right. But some coming back. Z theory management says on the important things, on the big things, on the controversial things, on the things that may be a little bit um, where we may have some confrontation or, or, or what, whatever, or, or on the important things. Uh, we we practice C theory management. And C theory management says, "I'm the owner and the boss. I built this business with my blood, sweat, and tears. I know a lot about it, but so do you, and you, and you, and you. When we have one of these big things that are that we need to take care of, we're going to get a group of stakeholders together, and we're going to get that solved together. Now, when you first start the management system, you're going to have quite a few of those times when you have that going on. Right. Um, in the, in but again, we've been doing it. Well, we were, we started this system in 1992, so whatever that is, that's 24 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, and in the last few years, we there, you know, it, gosh, and not only the last few years, but the last I don't know, 10, 15 years, we very seldom had to get those people together to solve issues because they've been solved. We yeah. solved them all. Everything was documented. And you talked about, yeah, it takes some time and effort up front, but it's sure worth it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it just happens. Okay. So to give you an example, in, in operations, um, I usually, we have these, we call them personal development interviews I mentioned a little earlier. Um, and we typically want to have them every 
every week in an area that has a lot of change, a lot of growth going on, a lot, a lot going on. Um, maybe, maybe need to fix some things too. So you would maybe have that personal development interview every week. And that's a 10, 10 to 20 minute um, interview with the, the supervisor and the, and the, the person that they're, that they're working with. And, but typically you're having them about every other week. But, for instance, in our operations area at American Retail Supply, the vice president of operations was in charge of a lot of stuff. But I only had my personal development interview with her about once a month because over the years, everything had gotten systematized. We simply did not have to fix things. I, imagine, I mean, you normally hear of like the annual review or three months after probation, but it's like, to me, waiting a year, you're almost waiting for something to become a really big problem, whereas what you're doing is so much more preventative and ironing out little things along the way. Yeah, and it's even it's even more than preventative. It's uh, which which is great. I mean, uh, you know, back in the day before I I put together my my management system, I'd pull my hair out just one problem after oh, another, yeah. having to take care of this and take care of that and fix this and fix that. Yeah, I, gosh, I, I, it's been years since I've been in any kind of position like that whatsoever. I, I very seldom get involved in fixing anything. Um, because it doesn't need to be fixed in the first place. But what happens with the personal development interview is that it's it's even more than a, a, a preventative thing. It's a growth thing. So now when you're when you're having a personal development interview, when you're working on developing people, and you're having a ten to twenty minute um, conversation with them every other week, and you're going over. The specific objectives that they have. And when you're doing that every other week for 10 to 20 minutes, patting them on the back, getting them out the door and getting them ready to go to work again, you're really developing people and you're getting the best out of them. What happened with me for a long time is that the management system with the customer service and the systems and empowerment, I I implemented that in like 1992. So all of that was going great um, shortly thereafter, shortly after I got the things together and, and, it, and it got in place. Um, but I was, this, I didn't know anything other than performance reviews to do yeah. to for, for performance management, I, just like everybody else. And, and for instance, um, I have a book, uh, Performance Reviews Suck. That is the title of one of my books. That's awesome. And, and, um, and you know, the reason I didn't name it something like uh, how to get performance performance management, how to get the best out of your team. The reason I didn't name it anything like that is because as soon as you say performance management, the only thing people know of is performance reviews. Yeah, and everyone knows change, performance. change their view of how they word things and how they see it. Yeah, and, and everybody knows that performance reviews suck. They do they suck. They absolutely <laughs> suck. I mean, and, and I, I do a, a lot of talking to groups, and I'll ask the group, how, how many of you have ever been on a giving end or the receiving end of a performance review. And probably 80% of the hands go up every, every time. And then I ask, how many of you is that we're on the giving or receiving end of a performance review 
thought that they were motivational, inspirational, and got the performance that the, that the company wanted. How, if, if, how many of you believe that? Typically, no hands. Oh, totally. Maybe one. Maybe one. Once in a, uh, and I don't think I've ever had more than one hand go up. <laughs> they thought they were inspirational, yeah. motivational, and got the performance you want. So they suck. So what I was getting to is that from 1992 until 2005, we I would try performance reviews once in a while, and then we'd stop and we just do kind of performance management by the seat of your pants, like almost everybody does, because everybody yeah. figures out performance reviews suck and they quit doing them, so then they don't have anything. Well. I met a guy named Vincent Coley in 2005. He's, I think I mentioned it, he's like 89 now. And um, I heard about his performance development interviews. And I was like, this is the missing link to my management system. This, this, is, this is what I'm missing for my own business. But then it also made it so that um, when, I, when I finally, after a while, when I wanted to actually show other people the management system it was that missing link that was there too because i've talked to people about my management system and they they'd ask me if we did performance reviews and i'd say no they suck and and but they say well what do you do well mm-hmm. we kind of do it by the seat of our pants so now we've got that we've got that part of it fixed and 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 it is so much fun when you're when you're having these personal development interviews and you, as the manager, walk away pumped up, too, because you're seeing all of these things that you were like, whoa, you really are making progress. You really, that's fabulous. And you're able to talk to them about that. And you're, and you're actually seeing all this progress being made in your business. And it's just, it's cool. You do it. I, I, I did it when I had the bigger business. I did it with six people. Um, and uh, then, like, for instance, then the sales manager would do it with the sales reps, and then the warehouse manager would have theirs with the warehouse people. And, right. and again, in some of those places, like sales, you would maybe have it every week or every other week. But, for instance, in some of the places in operations where, again, there's, we've pretty much solved every problem that, that, that we've over the years, you maybe only have them once a month. But to have them any less than once a month, you, you, you don't want to do that. You want to get at least once a month where you're able to pat them on the back for something and say, you know, go out and take on the world. So let me ask you this. So, I, I mean, I guess I just want the audience to sort of understand fully what the difference is. Like, I know a mm-hmm. review, you know, okay, what's going well, what's not, what do you need to improve on, and that's kind of it. Um, mm-hmm. In the personal development interview, like, do you talk about what they want, what their needs are, like, what they're learning, or, like, just status update on projects? Like, what do you well, cover? Well, what we do, first off, is we narrow down their we start with their job description and then we from that we make objectives and in many of the cases for instance for my sales manager there were probably 32 or so objectives but you can't go over 32 objectives in a in a in a in a in a performance in a personal development interview that you're going to have once a week or every other week and only and only be in it for 20 minutes so what you do is you narrow that down to eight objectives for that person eight to ten and then each day you you start out every personal development interview you start out with the question what's gone well since we last met 
So it starts it out on the right where you want to go. And then you talk about this, this just the eight different areas where they where they've um, uh, that are there are their reportable objectives. So you talk about those those reportable objectives and how they're making progress on those. So for instance, in the sales reps, they would then report on the number of calls that they make. For instance, one of the things that's critically important is that is that you can only measure at, um, you can only report on things that can be measured and that yeah. they have control over. So for instance, you're not you're you can you certainly look at sales with the sales rep, but they can't control sales. They really can't. What they can control are their activities that lead to the sale. Exactly. So what you're so what they're reporting on then are their activities that lead to the sales, and and they're reporting on on how they've done and it may be that they're they're they haven't been making enough uh, sending out enough emails in or they haven't been making enough personal calls or they haven't been making enough of of, uh, of letters being sent out and. Or they're, or they're making their calls too quickly sometimes we find, and they're not spending quality time with the client. So you're looking um, at but the steps versus the results. Right. We're looking at the activities that lead to the results, right? right? Because they can't, you know, they can, they can control those activities, and they're, and they're then reporting on those activities. And, and then, so, for instance, one of the questions for this were, you know, what, are, what, what three clients are, are you concentrating on now? growing and that could stay the same for a few months right or it could change every it could change in in a week or so but what are what three clients are you working on uh developing right now and and so they would they would then report on those each time um and that type of thing so and it gives them the opportunity it gives you the opportunity to see the progress they've made yeah. and to then pass them on the back one of the keys in the per- personal development interview is that the interviews are, 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 are doing what they're supposed to when you as the manager are speaking no more than 20% of the time. And the person that is, is, is being interviewed is speaking 80% of the time. And, and now that doesn't happen right away because when you first start, the new person doesn't have a lot that they know or that they've been working on and you're doing more telling, you know, and then, and then as they get a little more experience, then you're doing more selling, you're selling them on the job, you're selling them on, on you're create, trying to create some confidence in them. And then pretty soon you go from telling to selling to uh, working to that person working uh, with them by themselves more, if you will. And then the final area is empowerment, when that person is empowered. And when you get to the empowered area and you're having your personal development interview, that person should be doing the huge, huge majority of talking. That makes sense. Now, do you have a KPI set for, like, certain positions? What do you mean by KPI? What, uh, key performance indicators? We We have... We do for each each individual. Absolutely, I mean, and that's part of their. We we call those are the reportable objectives. Got it. So they have their reportable objectives that they are reporting on. And again, the key performance indicators would be, for instance, in this case, the number of act, the, the number of, of activities that they're doing, the number yeah. of you know, sales reps, the, the number of calls they're making, the number of uh, uh, whatever, and then and then 
you know, one of the things we like to have in, ev- in everyone is not just the key performance indicators, but what you have actually done also, what you're doing to develop your yourself is in, in, in terms of growing your ability to do your yeah. job. So what, what are you doing? What, and, and almost every, everyone has, you know, what have you worked on to improve since the last time we talked? One of the things we have, and everyone too, we don't necessarily, this isn't considered one of the eight to 10 necessarily, but we ask it in every per, personal development interview um, is what did you find since we last met, what did you find that was broken and what did you do to fix it? <clears throat> and that is, that's because, and the reason we ask that, is we want to, them to know that that they are expected to look for things to improve and make them better. And we, we actually don't say, we use the term broken, but we make sure and explain to them very well that, you know, we do mean just what have you improved to? It didn't have to be broken. You know, you can go from, you can, you can have a system that's working, but you can improve it. Oh, absolutely. And, and and so it doesn't have to be broke, but what did you so it's basically what did you find to, that was broken or that could be improved, and what did you do to improve it since we last met? And that's that whole idea that we want them looking for ways to make things better all the time, and we're asking that in every personal development. Perfect. So that they know it, so that they they believe it. You know, so you know if you have a, you have a what do they call it? What's it called again? Performance review. Oh, the <laughs> performance review. <laughs> performance review every quarter. Um, where are you going to get the improvement? Yeah, exactly. Where are you going to get that? that? It's, 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 it's absurd. You know, like, let me ask you this question. You, let's say, let's say you had a teenage son or And are you going to get the performance you want out of them if you have an annual review? Hell no. <laughs> or, 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 or maybe maybe get, maybe maybe you review things with them twice a year, maybe quarterly. Are you going to get the performance that you want? I mean, you know, the, your employees can't be scarier than a teenage kid. So you know, you, you just can't expect that. So, so we need to work with them. That makes total sense. <laughs> And sometimes uh, we overlook the obvious, either that or we avoid, you know, the performance. And well, and, 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 and when you avoid it, because that's a, the performance review is just not fun. Uh-uh. It's, it's, it's not anywhere. It's not. When you do personal development interviews, if you miss them, your team is going to come back and say, whoa, hey, we haven't had a personal development interview. You know, we missed last week. We can't miss this week. We, I, for, and they'll come and ask for it. Wow. Because they're positive. Because yeah. they leave with them pumped up. It really is. It's their chance. Look, look at the difference in this. Think of a normal performance review versus a personal development interview, which is their chance to brag. That's true. It's their chance to brag. It's their chance to show you what they've done to improve in the last since you met with them last time. And when you look at it that way, and 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 then just think of this too: if you had a kid, you have a kid, and the kid is 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 had some issues, 
but they really weren't at, at trying to improve and whatever. Can you imagine how much um, more you would get out of them if you met with them consistently? And, what, and, and you do, and that's what you do with your kid. You meet with them consistently, and you pat them on the back when they are improving. And you're doing that same thing in these personal development interviews. It's really the team member's chance to brag. It's their opportunity, and it's your chance to pat them on the back. And, yes, you certainly can find some things that need to be improved in the system or in the, in, in, while you're meeting with them. Um, but you, you, you sandwich that around all of these opportunities to brag about how well they've done. And a lot of, a lot of what we do is teach people, you know, how to make sure that people um, come out of those performance, uh, personal development interviews, pumped up, ready to go take up the world. Nice. Well, it sounds like a much better approach than um, the antiquated way. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, for sure. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, it's fun. People enjoy them. I, I had a guy, uh, uh, Preston Laps, is um, um, uh, what is a property manager? He, he has a property management business, and he said, you know, I before uh, he had systems in place and the personal development interviews, especially this went back to the it was the, the personal development interviews were a huge part of this, but uh, uh, as much a bigger part was actually the systems, everything documented. Before he had everything documented and, and personal development interviews, he would do everything possible to not have any turnover in his business. He would let he would allow people that he knew should be let go to stick around yeah. because he knew that if he if he had turnover, that just meant more work for him. Yeah, he was going to the 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 job was not going to it was all going to come down on him. And that the job wasn't going to be done properly for uh, quite a while until this person got up to speed. And all during that time, it just meant more work for him or more work for one of his managers so that they would leave people in position. Now, he says, with everything documented, it is so easy to get people up to speed that he doesn't have any issues with letting people go and having people that aren't performing get out of there. Um, because when it does run smoothly, it's like, A, your hard work has paid off, but it's, you're, you can't imagine going back to the other way. Yeah, and, and what, what ends up happening is it's so easy for the next person to get up to speed yeah. that you actually, what ends up happening is because it's so easy, they also come in with a new set of eyes and they start seeing things that can actually be improved yeah. uh, over where you were before. So when you have a turnover, you're right back up um, almost immediately where you were in productivity. And then with the new set of eyes, you even move forward faster. We had a manager in our, we, we, we had, a, had a distribution center in Honolulu. We were in the Seattle area. And we had a, a manager of, of the warehouse in Honolulu decided that he wanted to move on and do something else. And so I said to Mary, our, our VP of operations, I said, Oh gosh, that's too bad. My team's really good. She said, it's okay, Keith, it always works out for the best. Cause she had seen so often where these people come in and because things are systemized, 
systematized. Let's work for Mary to get them up to speed because everything is documented on what they do. So with that, it's not much work for her to get them up to speed. And she's always seen this idea of the new set of eyes mm-hmm. coming in and making things even better. It's it's so cool. <laughs> so that is awesome. Yeah, it makes life so much easier. Um, yeah, well, you've certainly given us, um, I, I love talking systems and, and always looking for ways to improve my business. So I know um, you have helped me in our um, interview and uh, I'm sure my listeners. Now, I know you've got a uh, the book, How to Control Your Business and Your Life, Proven Seekers to Creating Highly Productive Teams. Um, and you have a free copy to give our audience. Um, how did they find that, Keith? Yeah, they, if they just want to go online to www.howtocontrolyourbusiness.com and uh, just get the book there, I just ask uh, that they um, pay two dollars and ninety-seven cents to help with shipping and, and yeah, that's nothing. And they can uh, they can get it, and it is a hard copy book. It's not an ebook, um, so they can they're welcome to go there to howtocontrolyourbusiness.com and and just request the book there. Perfect. I just typed it in. It does work. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I looked at that page, but I know we're, I know I, I, I'm getting orders in all the time from it. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> if they want to do that, they'd be, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You've given me um, and my audience some great tips and uh, that they can take home and work in with their team and just, yeah, see uh, see some benefits along the way. Wonderful. Lindsay, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. So that is it for this special episode of Sailing to Success podcast. Um, You can, of course, go to lindsayphillips.com to listen to this interview, uh, my videos, my blogs. And, of course, I will have Keith's uh, links up on the podcast page as well. So until next time, folks, I wish you all a productive and profitable week. And may the winds always be at your back. You've been listening to the Sailing to Success podcast, the show created exclusively for entrepreneurs and small business owners looking for a safe port in the storm of fast-paced business growth. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.sailingtosuccesspodcast.com. To learn more about how Lindsay and her team can help you increase customer service, run your business more effectively, and increase your profits, go to www.ssonlinesupport.com. That's www.ssonlinesupport.com. Now go and implement what you've learned and come back next week for more Sailing to Success podcasts.